end of my grade school career provides a lesson of how God deals with the world and an understanding of why things happen the way they do. When I came home with my final report card at the end of the sixth grade, my marks were poor enough that I thought the smart thing to do was to take an eraser and change some of them. Some of you may well remember the days when you were the one who told on yourself by bringing your report card home and had your parents sign it. Well, my dad saw right through it and told me he went to the school and asked them about holding me back a year. Then he never said another word. I sweated all summer wondering if I was going to go on to the big school in the seventh grade. I never knew until I went and found out myself that I wasn't held back. They say that what's happening in America doesn't make any sense. Yet, when we step back and look at the whole scene, we see there are times when the Bible is the only thing that makes sense. Today God's leading us into the light of exposure, so that our hearts can be healed. It may seem harsh to you that a father would let his son suffer in silence for three months. But I never forgot the lesson. And he didn't do it because he hated me or was embarrassed or just a cruel man. I was his pride and joy, his only child. Though it broke his heart to see what sort of a punk I was, his discipline never meant he was going to turn his back on me. This week, I looked hard and long into the things that our Heavenly Father has done and promised He will do in the days ahead. Have you ever been so scared that your knees buckled? When the beloved disciple John saw Jesus in His glory, Revelation 1 says that he fell at his feet as dead. Now, there are coming some very hard times for this nation. And there are also unbelievable times destined for the end of the world as we know it. That's why the first chapter of this vision of the end times is so necessary. We see the glorious Lord of all creation and understand that he is the one in charge. This past year, I have drawn closer to the Lord than ever before. And with it have come some serious seasons where I feared for my life and even my eternity. It's true that to get near to God is a blessing, but it's not always safe. When you see His glory, there is a fear that sets in because you see just how much farther you have fallen short in your life than you realized. So when John sees Jesus with hair as white as snow, a white robe with a golden sash around his breast, and eyes like flames of fire, and with a double-edged sword coming from his mouth, he fell at his feet like a dead man. When the Word of God is read without prejudice, preconceived ideas or religious biases, it is understood as sharper than a double-edged sword. It can cut to the very core of a person's motivations, secret thoughts, and fears, and it can reveal the difference between a man's soul and his spirit. John was completely undone. He would need to have the experience of the glory of God to be able to handle the prophecy of what was coming, and we will as well. So Jesus says to him, Fear not, John. I am the beginning and the end. I hold the keys of death and of hell. As if to say the future is not in your hands, nor the liberals, the devils of hell, 
or the banks, the courts, the police, or the media. Your future is in my hands. The end is not an issue of time or of life and death. Jesus is the end. He defines it. Not the calendar or our cholesterol. Our life is dependent upon how we respond to Him. Not the media, the schools, the government, our friends, our health, or our finances. God is saying to us all, I'm getting ready to take you out to the woodshed. You're going to be in a season of judgment so that you make it in the end, if it's possible. As I look back on my father's discipline of me in that summer of suffering and uncertainty, I realize this. He loved me with all his heart as he allowed my ways to be exposed. In the impending tribulation of ancient Israel by the coming 70-year Babylonian captivity, God said this of them upon whom his wrath was coming. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again, and you, virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Therefore, always remember when you are going through pressure, which is the root word for tribulation. When you're going through pressure, know that God's love surrounds you. Though you discipline a child, you love them deeply. Much more so does God love you, even though you are under divinely ordained pressure. God is in control, and He has an eternal purpose, and you have been born for such a time as this. I've watched for over 45 years in the church and seen a present generation that can't seem to get their heads around the fact that God will send affliction upon His people to correct them just as surely as he will heal them. There are at least a couple very shocking passages where we can find that God's highest priority is eternity, not merely the enjoyment of our retirement years or how healthy and wealthy we could be. Now watch this as Jeremiah speaks to Israel on the eve of its destruction. Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Then he says, For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword, they come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men, whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. That's Jeremiah 33. Wow. God was about to rain death down upon his own people because of their continued sin. Unless we think that this is old covenant only, we need to rethink that according to the word of God because God will judge a people who have turned their back on him, especially those who are known as being the people of God, but they have fallen away, whether it be a denomination or a nation. But then he says these words, Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first. 
As I read these words, I was reminded of the verse Moses gave us in Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill, and I make alive. I wound, and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. This is the nature of God, and His heart to judge and destroy is consistent also with His heart to heal and create peace. His priority is not earthly healing above all else, nor is He an angry God just waiting to step on someone and make them miserable. His priority is eternity and His kingdom of liberty that works by holiness and faith. So I just want to repeat a word that the Lord just dropped in my heart last Friday morning as I was doing the podcast. There is far more surrender to the Lord that is required before we will have the holiness needed to put authority over the storm back into our lives. Faith doesn't work without a commitment to holiness, purity, and a loving Father. When this season that America is in reaches its peak, There are many, many people who are going to need to know that God is still on the throne. The only healing that will come to it will come through holiness, for this nation is the Lord's. The hymn is true. This is my Father's world. It doesn't belong to the nations, their leaders, the universities, scientists, or politicians. The nations of the world are going to have to answer to Him And he is going to need people who will dare to tell the truth about why the world suffers. One day, this Palestinian conflict with Israel is going to set the world on fire. When it erupts, Israel will be pursuing the building of the third temple on the site of the Dome of the Rock. There will be a man who brokers a peace between them, but he will break that treaty and then it's full game on. How close are we? I don't know, but close. What is absolutely sure is that the only way to get on the right side of the conflicts we see arising is to get on the side of honoring the one who owns it all. While the devil tries to get us to fight, divide, and hate one another, God has a much better idea. Our nation's problems reveal what's been in the hearts of men for a long time. God can't heal what is not revealed. Heart change in the light of God is much better than dying in the darkness of sin.